0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. We're, We're investing a little bit in the show, getting some new equipment. I'm learning a lot about... Uh how to record things and and different editing techniques and it's all been very interesting and eye opening for us, but hopefully we sound better on these tapes
1: yeah hopefully you can uh you can hear me a little bit better now. I know I tend to talk a little too quiet guys. That's
0: okay usually it's better when people can't hear you
1: hey now
0: <laughs> I'm just joking. A mm-hmm. uh, complete joke I love my girlfriend and she Aww. is she has some great ideas
1: I love you too
0: Now that we've made everyone nauseated
1: <laughs> um
0: something else to nauseate some people out there apparently now Hollywood stars are measuring themselves or
1: or, or how
0: how much of a man they are based on length.
1: Um, I don't think that's new.
0: Length of their mobile homes, <laughs> their their trailers. They obviously, uh, for those of you that don't know, on big movie sets, uh, stars usually get furnished with a trailer to to stay in in between shoots, where they can eat, relax, rest, or or whatever. And I guess that's now how people are measuring star power. It says this this article says Eddie Murphy. Has the biggest one in Hollywood? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger hauls out a fifty-two footer whenever he's on location. We're talking the ultimate star power here. We're talking motor home.
1: What 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 kind of power now?
0: Star power.
1: There you go. What did I say? Star power. Okay.
0: Uh, so anyway, the, like uh, it says Jerry Orbach, uh, the the star of Law and Order. Has a 32 foot coachman that's uh, stocked with his favorite drinks club soda, cranberry juice, and spicy V8 for instant Bloody Marys. Wow. When he's through working, he says. Someone must have a problem. Jerry, Jerry Arbach is a professional. So, anyway, the weekly cost of some of these trailers $2,000 a week. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy.
1: Like, this isn't for them to live in. This is just for them to take breaks in, right? Correct, like, yes. Like, why can't they just take breaks in a break room like normal people?
0: Because they're big Hollywood stars.
1: Who gives a shit? Get over yourselves, Hollywood.
0: <laughs> I agree. I If I was a big actor, then I would uh, I would not want a trailer. Right? I'd stay on set, to be yeah. honest.
1: Talk to, you know, other people and... Exactly. Mix with the common folk,
0: right? Uh, so now this uh, this weekend here in the local area, this is our local section, I guess. There's some interesting. Uh, if you're into jazz, Big Fish, whoever that is, is coming to the town center in Dearborn, so you can you can check them out. Bo Max is also uh, going to be playing. There's some, uh, there's some rock and pop acts coming to, uh, to places near you.
1: Rock and pop acts?
0: Well, th- that's how they, this is how they have it broken up. So, it, this is the night beats. These are all the concerts. And then they have it broken up by jazz, rock and pop, alternative. For instance, well, it doesn't really say, it just says the locations. So, Alvin's let's see that gives the gives the address and it says restroom poets spank. Apparently, wow. apparently Spank's the name of a band. There's Outrageous Cherry playing Planet Eater Universal Stomp. Woodshed Nation spelled W O U L D Woodshed Head Injury and Ultraviolet. <laughs> social circus delta faucet johnny and the boomers where do they come up with these names
1: i i don't know what the hell man exploded the
0: toad or exploded toad ew the push and driven soul pigeonhole red september kiss me screaming
1: kiss me screaming
0: yes wow very weird very weird names so anyway, the voodoo hippies and Club X. Those are all uh, playing around town. But the thing that I wanted to read you about this page on this page of the the free press, the list, was about comedian Stephen Wright, one of my favorite comedians. If you don't know who Stephen Wright is, he's the guy who talks like this and it just he seems perpetually depressed and carol t t garden did this this profile on him sort of a impromptu interview and she said so this says i want to keep doing this because i love doing stand-up declares stephen wright 38 a comic known for his smile free delivery and deadpan one-liners i like comedy he says he must He's been at this long enough, 15 years at least, he figures, after graduating from Boston's Emerson College. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But he got discovered on The Tonight Show, and he's appeared in some sitcoms. He was in Natural Born Killers. He was? I yeah, don't
1: remember him in that. He's there. the
0: psychiatrist. I don't remember. Okay, well, he's a very, very small part in Natural Born Killers, but he's in there. And so she asks him a bunch of questions. Okay. Here are the, the questions and his answers. Where will you be 10 years from now? So, 19 to 2004. Okay. Wow. Weird to think of 2000 something. Right. Uh, I see myself in a creative situation doing acting and stand-up. In 15 years, however, I might be write, writing the Mexican national anthem. Do you realize in 62 years I'll be 100 years old? <laughs> Who is your comic hero? Woody Allen, but I didn't say he was my domestic hero. What? My domestic hero is Tom Brokaw. I want to get him to adopt me. Okay. If you could play, if you could, if someone could play your life, who would it be? Tom Brokaw, because whatever he says, it's incredibly important. He's my favorite news guy. What is your visual influ- influence? Art. I studied art in high school, and I still do a bunch of abstracts in acrylic. I don't sell them, but I but I if I like them, I put them on my walls. I'm currently doing a 20 by 40 foot painting of Tom Brokaw. In a, <laughs> <laughs> Is it true you don't drink, smoke, or swear? Drinking faded away in my 20s. I never smoked, but I do swear. Biggest letdown: Julie Anderson in the 11th grade. I was on the beach with her, and I thought she was and I thought I was going to have her, and I didn't. She was tall with red hair, and she had a big laugh. <laughs> Biggest fear, being reincarnated because I know I'll never be this lucky again. will will we'll next appear in a Showtime movie called Seven Deadly Sins. This is seven little movies about sin, and I got the one on sloth. I don't know how that happened. I don't know who picked that. <laughs> what was your childhood like? I was raised by wolves in an apartment in downtown Madrid. We lived over a sta- staple repair shop. No, really, my childhood was good. Very good. It appeared to be normal. What will you you teach your children? I will take them to the tallest building of any city we're living in and point out all the madness. (laughs) Weirdest gigs. College campuses in the middle of the afternoon in the 1970s. People would book me along with other comics and the students often wouldn't be informed this would be happening. We'd be on a little stage in some cafeteria and they'd walk by and wonder what we were doing. Wow, what was it like sitting next to Johnny Carson? Like being shocked shocked by Happy Lightning. <laughs> Rumor is when the when the first person asked you for your autograph, you asked them for their autograph in return. Do you remember who that person was? Yeah, it was Tom Brokaw. <laughs> Perfect setup and then pay off right at the end with uh, repeating the Tom Brokaw thing. I love Stephen Wright. I mean, I didn't try to do it in his voice. But you can imagine him doing it in his voice. Yeah.
1: That flat, flat voice, right? Like, yeah. Like the world is ending and I don't even muster the energy to care kind of voice. Yeah,
0: he, he did like he um, would say things like, I was cesarean born. It hasn't really affected me. But every time I leave the house, I go through the window. hmm <laughs> Yeah, he, he was one of those people that just like he, he writes his 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 act isn't you know how, like a lot of times stand up comedians will do their act where it's it's a narrative, they're kinda of telling a story and then jokes are interdispersed or they'll say like you know, like Jerry Seinfeld where it's like you ever notice, you know, people do this and they go through a whole scenario and everything, and then there's jokes sprinkled in there. Yeah. His his stand up is not like that. His stand-up is just jokes. Joke, 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 joke. No stories. Just jokes. right one after the other. Hmm. It's very rare for him to go into any kind of long-form thing. It's got to be really difficult to write. Because yeah. you have to write a lot of jokes. Just yeah. to go joke, 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 joke.
1: Does not sound like my cup of tea.
0: No. I, probably not. But So, this fall, according to... Mike Duffy of the Detroit Free Press. It says, with more spark, boys could be a find this fall. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a show called The Boys Are Back, which uh, apparently is about a, uh, uh, a older couple played by Suzanne Plachette from The Bob Newhart Show and Hal Linden, uh, who's... a been a character actor in movies and and TV shows. I think he was on a western back in the '60s. He might he might have been on Bonanza or something like that. One of those, I believe. Uh, oh no no no! You know what he was? He was on Barney Miller. That's what he was. He was on Barney Miller. Okay. I think he was Barney
1: Miller. Hmm.
0: So anyway, but the you know shows from the '70s and now they're they're the obvious the the obvious stars or whatever of this new show and they're the ones that are are supposed to bring people in and then these the boys are the the newcomers but anyway apparently they're they play grandparents to these kids that show up on their door one day that's that's the premise and they have to take them in I guess and Weird. it's it's madness sounds like it right so there's, I guess there's three cute, wisecracking sitcom kids, and then there's their parents, I guess. I don't know exactly what's going on here. But this guy says that, it, you know, if things spark up a little bit more or whatever, that this could be the, the big find this fall, the big breakout show. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm not feeling it.
1: It sounds dumb. It really, really does.
0: It does. Speaking of dumb, (laughs) here's... Here's another thing that I think is dumb. Uh, Tarumi Matthews is going to play Madonna in a uh, celebrity biopic on Fox called Madonna Unauthorized. And it's the third such celebrity biopic... That Fox is going to roll out, I guess. They did O.J. Simpson and Roseanne. Hmm. And now they're doing this. uh, Now they're doing Madonna.
1: I I believe that there's actually a book that has been published by the same name. Madonna Unauthorized? I think so.
0: Interesting. Well, it's I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know she's from here. She's from the Michigan area. Well, she's from Michigan, the Detroit area. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it.
1: Really? I'm going to watch it. I actually, I read one of her, one of her bi- biographies already. Yeah. I, I really like Madonna.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's fine, but just what about her life is interesting?
1: Uh, everything. Oh, okay. I mean, and there's a down. What's interesting to me is to discover the truth behind the lies and the facade.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Because she puts on um, like she is this big glamorous, you know, pop star and has like sometimes done like fake accents even and stuff and like reality like you said she's from here. Like she has right. a Catholic family. She grew up poor. She she's came from nothing. But she tries to separate herself from it so much, and so to me it's interesting to to learn the truth about her huh
0: I guess i I don't know i i mean maybe i'll maybe I'll check it out
1: do you want you-, you want to know a factoid that that I found out that's interesting? Sure she drives around in her limo after concerts and picks up young men and have sex with them and just kicks them back out.
0: Wow, okay. So I guess if you want to have sex with Madonna, walk around uh, outside the venue where she's where she's performing uh, after the concert.
1: Right. No, I mean, seriously, like, it's just she's a really messed up person.
0: That is a messed up thing to do.
1: It's just all kinds of weirdness like that. It's like she wants to be weird. So she is.
0: Yeah. Well, she dated well, what's his name. So
1: I, I which what's his name are you referring to? Because there's a lot of uh, what's his names that she's dated.
0: I don't know, I can't remember his name, but he's a freak.
1: Nah, neither can she. <laughs> you know, I say that lovingly though, Madonna, I really I really do, you know, just in case you ever <laughs> right, yeah, tap it mean, upon our tape.
0: Definitely listening.
1: <laughs> right. Uh no, I really adore you. <laughs> so
0: anyway. Uh that's about it for the news. Let's uh let's take a return to our massive love segment. Oh, okay. I've got, there's some new people here
1: Let's check speaking out.
0: directly from the heart. <laughs> now I, I need to check something out real quick. Okay. I just want to make sure that, and it does look like, it looks like Asalaamu <laughs> Alaikum is gone.
1: Yay.
0: Well, is that a good thing though? Did he find a black man and a black woman? To start a new nation, with. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's um, that that okay, that's a frightening thought. I prefer to think that he had a set budget for this and it just ran out, and no one was crazy enough to answer him. Maybe,
0: uh, but he is no longer here. So,
1: but I guess we should, you know, keep our eyes peeled for a new nation. nation's popping up. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, so Latin ladies, attractive single white male, 35, seeks Hispanic woman, 25 to 35 for fun, friendship, romance, must be mature, responsible, dot, 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 no drugs.
1: Why waste money on dot, dot, dot?
0: I don't know. And, and you know, mature and responsible, that, that that kind of implies no drugs, Right. right? <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, I guess there are some people out there who could be, like, hopped up on speed mm-hmm. and think that they're mature and responsible because they get <laughs> so much done while they're on the speed.
0: That's true. If you want to get things done, take speed. <laughs> this uh, this show is sponsored by Speed. <laughs> now, uh, life is short. With that an exclamation point. Single white male, 41, 145 pounds. That is awfully thin. Uh, let, how, wait,
1: did it say how tall he
0: is? No, I mean, I guess he could be five foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's share life's, no apostrophe, and, and yeah, it's just weird. Let's share life's adventures as we journey towards spiritual illumination <laughs> into yoga, meditation, and vegetarian foods. Really? Wow. I, I, I not didn't, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I, I, that wasn't implied when you said... Let's share life's adventures as we journey towards spiritual (laughs) illumination.
1: I bet he lives in Ann Arbor.
0: I'll bet he has a headband.
1: (laughs) I bet he lives with my brother and the commune. Yeah,
0: that wouldn't surprise me at all. I'll bet. Shout
1: out, David.
0: I'll bet that he smells like
1: patchouli. Again, shout out, David. (laughs) Love you.
0: Light my fire. Woman wanted to be my best friend, <laughs> first mate and companion. She should be white. She should be thirty nine to forty eight, slender, attractive, and unique. Well, uh, okay.
1: You know what? There's I nothing just,
0: that's unique about that. But I was
1: just thinking when you're reading that, like, how much self esteem one would have to have to answer some of these ads.
0: Yeah, I'm completely unique.
1: You know, yeah, like I'm slender and attractive and unique. Like, uh, even if I were all those things, I, I would be like, well, what if they don't think I am? Like, I mean, you put so much in there, it could make people feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. I am a one woman man, 49 years old, 5'9, 160 pounds. Also pretty thin, good looking, original, and divorced. <laughs> How good can you be here divorced?
1: Aw, that's mean. What if they were married to an asshole?
0: Yeah, I guess it's possible. I am realistic, down-to-earth, spontaneous, and dependable. Those things contradict each other. How? Spontaneous and dependable, down-to-earth
1: and spontaneous. And realistic. Yeah, okay. You're right.
0: I have a love for boating, skiing, quiet times, up north, nature, and the outdoors. What are your interests?
1: Oh, he wants to listen.
0: (laughs) Not too bad.
1: Yeah, at least he's not describing his ideal mate like everybody else. I
0: I, I really love these sports partner ones too. Male or female aerobic exercise partner, area. I am a thirty eight year old male, casual player of most sports, but masters of none. <laughs> it's so weird. Like people are really looking for people just to play sports. Like I don't think I don't think it's a euphemism for sex. No. Unless this guy's... Well, do you, do you think the guy's bisexual?
1: Maybe. Because he's,
0: he's like male or female.
1: Was it in the alternative section? It's under sports partners. Oh, there's literally a sports partners section.
0: Yeah. There's wow. only four people in there, but it's... Hmm.
1: See, and like those four people should all just contact each other. And now we have four people who can play sports together.
0: Agreed. They're all men. But yeah, I agree. Huh. There are no women looking
1: for sports partners. Yeah, women aren't as in sports and if they want a sports partner, I'm sure they can find one.
0: Now, here's the alternative section, the bread and butter of this uh, of this section of our show.
1: Ah! I hate that. It's just a bunch of A's. Right.
0: Very classy professional single white male 62 46 plus. What does that mean?
1: Are you planning on running this ad for years to come? Yeah.
0: You're, you're 46 plus a few months. Right. Seeks a single or married female for discreet, uncomplicated adult fun. Don't care if you're married or not, apparently. Wow. What a jackass. A- absolutely magical. <laughs> married white male. What? Absolutely magical. It's David Copperfield. <laughs> Seeks extra, extra big white female, only 300 pounds plus. Wow. For your fantasy fulfillment. Grand Rapids, Muskegon areas too.
1: What does that mean, too?
0: I guess that means also the Muskegon area.
1: Like... Those places are not that close together. And why are you advertising in the Detroit paper? Then, like, it, what the fuck? Are you just saying you're willing to drive anywhere in the state to get laid by a 300 pound woman?
0: Apparently. Wow. Yeah, they have to be white. They have to be 300 pounds or more, which God, it's, that's got to be tough to find. I mean, yeah. honestly, I can see why he's why he's advertising because that's got it's got to be tough to find a woman that's 300 pounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, like. A lot of women in my family are heavy, but I don't think any of them are over 300 pounds.
0: No, no, I would be very surprised because, you know, women just tend to generally be smaller.
1: Yeah, we're we're shorter and, you know, our bones are smaller and all that. Less muscle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In general. But anyway, I love how he says for and then in parentheses, your fantasy. How is this her fantasy? It's your fantasy to have sex with a 300-pound woman. Well,
1: he's just saying his his fantasy is to have sex with her. He will do anything she wants to make it her fantasy.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that's nice. So if you're 300 pounds out there, contact
1: this dude. Right.
0: Uh, a bored married white male, 48 businessman from Oakland County, seeks a white couple for warm, discreet, affection,
1: quality time. Okay, dude, get divorced because if you're looking for warm, affectionate, quality time and you're married, there's something wrong in your marriage.
0: But here's the thing he wants it from a couple.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's bi. Okay, he wants to be in a threesome, whatever. Still, he's lonely and bored and he's married. There's something wrong with that. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, I do. I do.
1: And I'm sorry for blowing past this, yes. Okay, he's bi and that's funny. Ha. Ah. <laughs> no, we're not trying to make fun of people's uh sexual orientation. Like, I mean I realize that, you know, we're in the alternative section. I'm getting all like heavy and serious, I shouldn't be.
0: <laughs> a married black male will support a habitless, religious, compatible, non jealous Single black female, 18, like a wife. Period. It's okay! Exclamation point. 100% approved. What? Now, I don't know if that means... It can't mean that 100% of the people are approved. Because you have to be habitless, religious, compatible. Which, how do you know if you're compatible? You
1: gotta meet. (laughs) And non-jealous. That's messed up.
0: I think what he's saying is his wife 100% approves of
1: this. Oh, maybe.
0: I think what he's saying is like, it's okay, exclamation point, 100% approved. I think what he's saying is my wife and I want another wife, basically. And we will support you. You don't have to work. We'll support you as a wife. We can't call you a wife. Because polygamy is illegal. (laughs) But we'll support you like a wife as long as you're not jealous because I'm going to be having sex with my wife, too. Uh, You don't have any habits and, you know, you you conform to our religion.
1: Hmm. What religion? Oh, maybe he's a Mormon.
0: I guess. There 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 doesn't seem to be a lot of black Mormons, but.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, if he's a Christian, I mean, that's just way against Christian morals. So
0: you would think so.
1: It's weird.
0: Uh, oh, so attractive by curious white female thirty-one married seeks by bi or by curious white female. Must be clean and discreet.
1: Oh, of course, with the cleanliness and discreetness.
0: No men. And then the next one starts attractive, clean and discreet, married white male.
1: You know, I'm gonna respond to one of these and be like, I'm dirty and loud. <laughs>
0: Why doesn't anyone want the dirty and loud ones? Right? Oh, cosmopolitan, sophisticated, generous, married businessman, seeks beautiful, shapely woman. Professional dancer, okay. What?
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so he's looking for a stripper?
0: Oh, that's what he means by professional dancer. Okay, I got it now. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I th- I thought he was just saying, it's okay if you're a professional dancer. <laughs> like, why pick out the copy editors? Okay. Why pick out one profession? But yeah, you're probably right. He's oh, So he's saying, he's a sophisticated, generous, married businessman who's seeking a beautiful, shapely woman. It's okay if you're a stripper. Discretion assured. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah. So, you know, I could really help you out with this, sir, whoever you are. First of all, you don't need to say cosmopolitan or sophisticated because you have generous in there. All you have to say is, married, I have money, right. we'll buy you things, you need to look good, it's okay if you're a stripper. I'm not telling anybody you don't either. <laughs> I mean, that's that's your ad right there. Yep. And then, you know, sir, you'll get a lot of strippers. We'll, we'll say, okay. I, well, yeah, I, that's their game. Just, I want things.
1: Dude, just go to the strip club and wave around some money. Yeah. That's all you gotta do.
0: Yeah, go down to Eight Mile and say talk to some of the find a stripper you like and say, Hey, I uh would like to take you out into the town and buy you things in exchange for sex.
1: Well, I mean then you're talking more about prostitution. Like if you No, you're,
0: going, you're talking about dating.
1: Hey, <laughs> Hey now, it's
0: not cash in hand, so it's not prostitution. It's sex, you know. And then I'll buy you stuff.
1: Well, I guess it depends on your definition. Um,
0: well, let me tell you this too: prostitution's legal or illegal, right? Yeah. A man and a woman go into a hotel room. The man gives the woman money. The woman has sex with him, and they can be arrested for that. But. If they put a video camera in the corner and then they film it and sell that, then it's pornography and it's legal.
1: That is a really good and weird point. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered about that. Like how, how pornography is legal.
0: It it just is. It's a it's I don't know, it's
1: legal. Doesn't it seem like it, I mean, I'm sure you don't really think about it when you're watching it, but like, <laughs> doesn't it kind of seem like it's just there's something wrong there? I don't know. Something wrong with the woman? <laughs> yeah, usually with the man too. I mean, I don't know. I'm I, I have often when watching porn thought to myself, they're getting paid for this. There's a camera crew watching.
0: Let me ask you a question. How often have you watched porn? Because we don't have a lot of access to pornography. <laughs>
1: Well, um, I have my ways.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't want to, you know, get anybody in trouble. Okay. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> Why have we never watched pornography together?
1: Um, because I don't think that would be fun.
0: No, oh, you watch it alone?
1: Okay, can we move on, please?
0: <laughs> I'm interested in your pornography habit. Well,
1: we'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay.
0: So, anyway, Carol, we watched a show.
1: We did. That
0: we've been watching. Called, what's it called? My... My
1: so-called life, yo my, weirdo. Yeah,
0: my so-called life. So, why don't you go through this episode? This is maybe my favorite episode of the show so far.
1: Okay, so this episode actually kind of plays off of the way last week ended. Right. Um... Angela it starts out Angela's in class and people are passing a note around.
0: Yeah, and giggling.
1: Mhm, and kind of giving her the side eye. So eventually the note comes to her and it says Angela and Jordan Jordan full complete sex. Complete sex. Complete sex like underlined and bold,
0: bolded, yeah, all that stuff.
1: <laughs> in his car.
0: Complete sex. What does that mean? What is complete sex? You don't
1: know, then we have a problem. No,
0: I'm just saying, what's okay? What's partial sex?
1: Um, oral, hand job. No, okay. Even is a hand job sex? It depends on the person, I guess. (laughs) What does that mean? No, I mean, like,
0: depends on how big
1: they are. No, how much
0: effort I've got to put into this.
1: I mean, it just depends on So it length. depends
0: on how many calories you burn. That's what determines what <laughs> sex is.
1: I think that's a decision that people participating in the act have to determine.
0: Yeah, there's got it. There has to be a universal truth to this, though. Okay,
1: well, what's your universal truth? Do you think a hand job is sex? No. I kind of think anything that makes you climax is sex.
0: Then masturbation's not sex.
1: Sex with yourself? Eh.
0: I think... I think oral sex is sex. I think intercourse, which I guess is what is complete sex, is sex. And I guess anal sex? I think those are the three sexes. Those are the three things that are sex. Okay. I don't think a handjob is sex. I think a handjob is foreplay.
1: But even if somebody has an orgasm from it?
0: That, then they just, uh, they can't control themselves, I guess.
1: I guess. Um... I'm, I'm distracted now. Okay. Well, okay. Sex. Complete sex. In Jordan's car. Right. So, you know, she looks kind of devastated. Doesn't she get up and walk out of class? She does. Yeah. Like, she's just so, like, upset. I'd be pissed, too.
0: Well, yeah. The the thing is, is that you get, as a woman, you get a reputation.
1: Yeah. It's un, unfortunate and unfair, but true.
0: And as a guy, you get a reputation, but it's a good one.
1: Right. Right. So yeah, she's like, Oh great, I'm gonna be like the Scarlet Letter Girl now. Did she say uh, that? No. Oh, okay. That was just me. Oh good.
0: Good good analogy.
1: Um And then okay, there's also the gun thing that's going on through the whole episode. So
0: Well that yeah, that happens sort of in the opening too. Yeah. So Crackhead goes gets up and he goes (laughs) To go to the bathroom, because apparently he has some sort of weird stomach issues. I don't know if he has ulcerative colitis or
1: what. Right.
0: But apparently he's got to go to the bathroom a lot. So he gets up to go to the bathroom, and he sees Ricky fighting with someone. They're, like, pushing and pulling on each other. And he just ignores it, because he's an asshole.
1: He is an asshole. And doesn't
0: want to help anyone out. So he goes into the bathroom, and then suddenly a gunshot goes off. And we see a big hole in a locker and some some soda running out of it. Yeah. And that soda tragically getting shot, <laughs> which is brought up a few times. And Ricky and, and whoever he was fighting with run away from each other. And Brian sees them. And then everyone just runs out, obviously. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a gun in the school. Dun-dun-dun.
1: Yeah, so... The whole episode in the background, this gun thing is going on, like...
0: Yeah, they talk about it a lot. Yeah. As you would. I mean, if if there was a gun in our school, it would be news.
1: For sure. I mean, that would be terrifying, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But some people are... Like, Rayanne is just acting like it's no big deal and laughing it off. And right. then uh, somebody at some parent-teacher meeting says her, her daughter's been, you know, hysterical or crying or whatever for, like, 36 hours. And it's like, okay, nobody actually got shot, so what the fuck's wrong with your kid? Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, I get, I, yes, that would be scary, but it's not the end crying of the Crying for
0: 36 hours, that seems extreme.
1: Right. Um, and then, you know, I feel bad for the principal, too, because he... <laughs> Well, I do, and I. Do. I mean, yeah, he's kind of an asshole as it goes on, but I mean, everybody's putting a lot of pressure on him mm-hmm. to do something.
0: Get these guns out of the school, right? Yeah, because he talks about how he brings. So there's a counselor that's going to talk to people about their feelings and everything, and then Rayanne's mom sort mm-hmm. of <laughs> sort of stands up and says, "Hey, uh, so while you got this person here talking about the feelings, are you actually going to get the guns out of the school?" Right. And she starts screaming and everyone's like screaming along with her. She basically starts leading a chant and Angela's mom is uh, super impressed by this.
1: Yeah, seems weird. It doesn't even seem like the kind of behavior that would normally impress Angela's mom.
0: I think she likes it because this is as free as she wants to be, but she's so repressed that she can't let herself do it.
1: Yeah. They have an interesting conversation outside afterwards to Rayanne's mom and Angela's mm-hmm. mom. Like, I, I really liked what Rayanne's mom says to about like she's talking about the girls and their friendship. Right. And she's like, don't you remember when you were a kid how, you know, there, there, everything was like black and white and then there's somebody in color. You know, there's that one friend that's just like the coolest. They have the biggest boobs or the best, you know, boyfriend or the best personality or whatever. And you just want to, like, crawl in their skin and be them. Now, let me ask you, as a guy, did this make sense to you? Is this weird?
0: It does not make sense. No. Guys yeah. don't think like this.
1: Because for me, as a girl, like, it's like, wow, you put words to it. Because that's exactly how I feel about my best friend. You know? Like... I mean that now I mean now that we're together it's it's different. She's not the only thing in color anymore like they're talking about, but yeah, I mean it's like there she she was before you the most important person in my life outside of my family. Okay. And now, you know, you guys share. <laughs> right. Um sometimes in the best- Hey <laughs> Untrue and ew and no bad no. As a matter of fact, you're gonna practice those editing skills and cut that out.
0: Okay, maybe I will.
1: Um. So I yeah, know. I I don't know. I I liked the way that that she was describing that. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Angela's. She says something about uh, Jordan. She she says. Uh, oh yeah. Angela has um, you know liked him for so long, and now it's finally happening. And she says, "Wham, bam! It's finally happening." Right. So then Angela's mom feels dumb because she has no idea what she's talking about. Right. And then she thinks Angela's sleeping with him.
0: Yeah. So. I assume because of the wham-bam thing.
1: I guess. I mean, I I didn't really get that, but she jumped to that conclusion, so. Well, I,
0: I think a parent would, honestly, probably jump to that conclusion.
1: And, I mean, it seems weird to me that one parent talking to another parent about sex about teenage girls a 15 year old teenager having sex like would be like oh hey hey it's finally happening woohoo like i don't know why she would assume that well
0: rayanne rayanne's mom i think though is the type that would be okay with that i think don't you
1: i don't know i mean my mom is pretty free about stuff but she would not be okay with that oh okay you know,
0: she doesn't listen to these. though.
1: No, she I mean, what?
0: Well, you're not 15 either, but
1: no, I mean, but I'm saying like, like she she was pretty OK with a lot of things that a lot of parents wouldn't be OK with, but not right. she wouldn't be OK with me having sex at 15. Oh, OK. So that's all.
0: all right. Well, sorry about that. Um, so. <laughs> so, yeah, they so and she she comes home. The mom comes home and she's talking to the to the dad about Rayanne's mom, and she she says she's like oh she's basically she says she's so cool and she's so beautiful and all this right. stuff. You can tell that she kind of feels the way that Rayanne's mom says Rayanne feels about Angela about right. Angela's mom.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really it would be cool if they became best friends. Like I think there's Angela a, and Rayanne.
0: I think there's a friendship brewing there.
1: Could be. Uh, although i I don't know if it could be maintained,
0: well, I don't know, we'll see
1: yeah so so then Angela is you know hiding in the bath like she wasn't she went to the bathroom like a normal human being, and <laughs> then she stays in the stall and listens when her bitch uh ex best friend right is talking about her to somebody, yeah. And saying how Brian told her how he saw them because they were right outside his house and he saw them have sex in her in his car.
0: Yeah, it was Crackhead that started this rumor.
1: What a fucking dick.
0: So she, co- she goes up to him to confront him. Now, in the background of this, like Carol was talking about, they're trying to find out whose gun it was because obviously they're going to get in trouble. And... Brian knows, obviously, and the principal suspects that Brian knows because everyone knows that Brian is the only one that saw it. And all these all these girls are coming up to Brian like, hey, you saw this. uh, Oh, did you try to stop them? And everyone like all these girls are turned on by him.
1: Yeah, they're all paying attention to Crackhead.
0: Yeah. And so anyway... The principal is really paying attention to him, continues to threaten him about uh, getting expelled and, and all this other stuff and being an accessory after the fact and, and everything if he doesn't tell them what, what happened. Right. So, Brian gets called into the principal's office. Angela doesn't want him to say anything that about it was Ricky. And she says something to Ricky and says... That she's afraid that he's going to do it. And he says, I hope he does. Because then people will think that I'm dangerous. And they'll stop messing with me.
1: Yeah, because you keep seeing him getting bullied. And it's really sad.
0: Yeah, he keeps getting bullied all the time because people are, you know, because he's bisexual and people are calling him a fruit or or whatever. You know, like all the stupid cliches. That's what's going on with him. And he gives us an impassioned speech about how Hey, sometimes, you know, you think of people with guns as thugs or whatever, but sometimes they're just doing it to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. And if I felt threatened, you know, you have no idea what's what goes on in the school. And if I felt threatened, I, I'd I'd carry a gun immediately. Yeah, and it's an interesting, interesting conversation. So it's almost like a confession.
1: Honestly. Yeah. I mean, he really he really puts himself out there as, you know, he could be a suspect. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised nobody. uh Follows up on that.
0: Yeah, me too. But anyway, so uh, Crackhead goes into the principal's office and the police show up, the couple detectives, and he says, I thought about what you said, and I think the safety of the school is paramount. I heard a gunshot. I saw some legs. I don't know who it was. I can't really say and if you continue to threaten me and harass me and kick me out of school or threaten to kick me out of school, then I will sue you for mm-hmm. harassment and I'll sue you for everything else that I can find. And I will make sure that everybody knows exactly how you treated me. And he's been the entire time this principal has been leaning on him with no parents around. He comes to talk to him in, in the principal's office with two police officers there and no parental, like, no, no lawyer no no uh, parental representation it's right. highly unethical
1: yeah i mean he's a, he's a teenager he should have parents or representation or something
0: yeah absolutely so that's the one area where we're supposed to be like yay crackhead but he's such an asshole anyway
1: i was still like yay crackhead i'm sorry
0: yeah i mean he's that, that's a good that's a good moment for him but it doesn't redeem his entire character
1: No, I mean, it would take a hell of a lot to redeem his character, especially in this episode, because he's the one who started all this bullshit for Angela.
0: Yeah, and so Angela talks to him about it, and he says, well, you know, you knew that he was coming. You lied when you said you didn't know that he was coming over, and you knew it. And she was like, well, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of lie. And she was, and she goes, "Well, you, you know, you didn't realize how much it would hurt people, or, or whatever." Yeah, it's very, very clear he has a crush on her. I don't know why she doesn't see it, but it's very clear he does.
1: I think she got it this time. Maybe. I mean, she'd have to be pretty stupid not to get it.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's basically how the episode ends, right? I mean, her mom, her mom talks to her. You, you can talk about this part because I, I think this this hits you more than it hits oh. me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Her mom, you know, thinks that she's been having sex, so she goes to talk to her to With
0: Jordan Catalana. Yeah.
1: And um she starts out by asking her who Jordan is. And she's like, Where did you hear that name? Like what what is going on? And um the mom's like, oh, you know, Ray Ann's mom said, you know, something about it or whatever. And then she's like, you know, I just, I just want to make sure you're being safe. And so I trying to talk to her about like protection and, and yeah. she's so embarrassed. She's just like, mom, I'm not having sex. I'm nowhere near. I'm not even close. Right. And her mom's so relieved. Yeah, and then she
0: basically tells her mom, you wouldn't understand any of my problems. Get the fuck out.
1: Which is, yeah, which is funny. And, like, I mean, I I get it. But at the same time, like, I think that's kind of been going on forever. You know, guys spreading rumors that girls have done things. So I think mom would understand that.
0: I do, too. I think she should have talked to her mom about it. It might have been a bonding moment. Right. But, but yeah, unfortunately. such
1: a weird relationship. They really do but that's
0: basically the episode uh for this week so we'll we'll continue on with with that next week so we watched a film this week as is tradition
1: <laughs> we we do love our movies
0: this week we went out and we saw the ed harris melanie griffith masterpiece
1: <laughs> milk money masterpiece huh
0: well i guess we'll get into it but Milk Money tells the story of Melanie Griffiths as a prostitute who comes to live with Ed Harris and his son. And so so here's here's what happens. The premise of the film is these three boys are learning about sex education in their school at like 10. It's weird because I think I mean, maybe then maybe they're like 11 or 12. I think they're like 12. They look really young. They, they look like they might actually be 12 year olds. It's it's not like the usual Hollywood thing where it's like, yeah, I'm 12 and the guy's 30. Right. But so they're learning about it. It seems young, though, to have a whole class like we had to wait till high school till we had a whole class. There was a day right, that somebody would come in and talk about sex education, but not a whole class of it. So, they're learning about that, and they want to see, so it's it's sparked their imagination and everything, and they want to see a woman naked. So, they decide to go down to their city. I believe we just determined that their city is St. Louis.
1: Yeah, because there's the St. Louis Arch.
0: So, they decide to go down there to find a prostitute to take her clothes off so they can see.
1: Now, to get the money to do this, they have pooled all of their milk money. Right. That's how young they are.
0: Yeah. And they've they they do different things. They sell their comic books. They the one kid lets everyone try on his leather jacket. Uh, all these girls want to try on his leather jacket. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. I would never pay to try on a guy's jacket. That's dumb. But so
0: they do this. They, they go downtown. They find Melanie Griffith. Well, they, first they find a guy that's going to rob them. <laughs> yeah, and then Melanie Griffith opens the door on him and knocks him out.
1: Yeah, because she was in a limo hooking.
0: Right, and this guy you know drives away. Now she needs a hundred bucks, or her pimp is going to get mad and smack her around.
1: Yep, he's gonna he's gonna slap that hoe. Right, so they've got a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So she agrees to go back to the place where she lives, her little apartment building or whatever, and take her top off. Which she does. Now, the one kid closes, covers his eyes because he decides he wants to be a gentleman. And, but the other two get a full view of Melanie Griffith's, uh, breasts.
1: We don't, though.
0: No, and I'm sure they don't either. I'm pretty sure that since they're children. <laughs> right. And this, uh, this production, I have to assume, was overseen by you know whatever forces uh, regulate this stuff. I, I'm gonna guess that Melanie Griffith had one of those like like uh, some sort of bikini or, or something like that to where it it covered her actual breasts because it's all shot from behind, obviously. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess she wasn't actually naked on I'm set. Sure. Yeah, in front of children. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so. She she goes back. We learn a little bit more about uh, about her. She is doesn't seem super happy with what she's doing. No, not at all. And the guy that's her pimp talks about how oh I'm stealing from this guy. This guy's stealing from this other guy, and everything that they're all very mobbed up. And she says he leaves. He's very mean to her and, and everyone else. And she says I'm going to borrow his car. And she leaves. She sees the kids across the street in the rain because someone's stolen their bikes. So she decides that she's going to drive them home to wherever they live. So she goes home and then we see Ed Harris, the one guy's dad. And he, his wife is dead. His wife died in childbirth. And he is trying to save these wetlands because he's a science teacher and he's obsessed with, with these, this wildlife. And she drops the kids off, but the car breaks down and she can't get it started. So he says, oh, you know, I'll I'll run run it through some tests and see. Basically, he determines it's not the starter. It's not the battery. He's not sure what's what's wrong with it. But he's like, I can probably get it start going tomorrow. And he asks if she needs a ride home. Now, his son tells tells him that she is a a math tutor. Right. And they have a very funny conversation where he's talking about math tutoring, and she thinks he's talking about uh, sex, you know, prostitution. And she's like, oh, I'd like to to show you a thing or two or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm not – I don't really use it anymore. Thank you. No, thank you, ma'am. You right. know, kind of thing. And she's well, like, and oh, that's to, sad.
1: He's trying to hire her for his son. Right. That's so, messed up.
0: So she thinks – she thinks in this conversation that he wants her to fuck his 12-year-old son. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. She seems kind of put off by it, but she doesn't She doesn't immediately realize that they must be talking about something
1: else. Well, I mean, imagine the kinds of things she's been asked to do, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So, anyway she uh, most of the movie is honestly not a ton happens in this movie right most of it is her and ed harris getting to know each other and her and the relationship with the little boy growing and us learning more about them that's yeah. most of what goes on yeah and the girls in the town are uh, are like oh she's bad you know kind of thing
1: <laughs> in that jealous i want to be her way yeah
0: right and all the guys you know are are attracted to her. She is a
1: gorgeous. She is a gorgeous woman.
0: Yeah. Melanie Griffith is a good looking woman. And we learn that one of the uh, one of the dance
1: of one of the three Oh, kids this is sad.
0: Uh, apparently uh, frequented her at some point.
1: Yeah, and, They run into her coming out of a restaurant. Mm hmm. And, and what on a date were, with Ed Harris. Right. What breaks my heart, though, is the kid who knows she's a prostitute. Looks up at his dad with these puppy dog eyes and goes, You know this woman, father?
0: <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows what's going on.
1: And then he sinks into a big depression and stops bathing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a really weird subplot that does not get it doesn't really get paid off in any way. There's no there's no real resolution to it other yeah. than his dad's in therapy now. But it's so, I don't, it's weird yeah. because he just starts bathing again. It's, it's really like, it's a major mental break <laughs> and we don't, we don't, he's not the main character, so we don't get into it at all.
1: Right. Different movie, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see that movie.
1: Honestly. <laughs> right. What's going on in his house? But so
0: I guess the only reason that that happens is so that he can call and say he wants to have sex with her again. And he calls the pimp. Oh, so, that, so her, yeah, that's why that
1: happened. Her
0: pimp me. gets killed and his heart gets, uh, ripped out of his chest or cut out of his chest.
1: What a way to die.
0: Right. Because Malcolm McDowell, who's the next guy up in the mob chain, it's weird because he is not Italian in any way. Nor does he try to be. He just uses his English accents. He's the next cog up in the Italian mafia. And he says, that he killed him because he's been stealing from him, and there's $250,000 of his money that's in somewhere that he has, and Vivian, or that Vivian is her name, right? V? Yeah. She took it.
1: It's not Vivian, but her. her she goes by V. You know, Vivian
0: Vivian is the name of the prostitute in Pretty Woman. Yeah.
1: That's where you got that from, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, it's interesting. This is kind of like Pretty Woman, but with a family. Right. So... She, uh, so he figures out where she's at and he goes to look for her. Uh, then, you know, he gets there and Ed Harris is still working on the car and he figures out, oh, I know what's wrong with the car. (laughs) Well, what happened to be wrong with the car is all the money was hidden in the gas tank, which is the stupidest place to hide a bunch of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, granted the pimp did seem kind of dumb, but really?
0: Yeah, it's really dumb. So... Uh they Malcolm McDowell gets there he they go to a dance he pulls a gun on her they sort of struggle there's a big fight between Ed Harris and the the guy that you know had sex with a uh, with the uh, V his son pulls the fire alarm they end up locking Malcolm McDowell in the closet they lure him into the closet by saying how <laughs> oh, this is the way out and everything and then they lock him in and he's like I don't like closets <laughs> so weird there's another story there too a a little boy a little malcolm mcdowell getting locked in the closet
1: gotta go and make it all sad
0: (laughs) so they get out they take the car they get vivian out of there they go on this this extended car chase they end up uh they end up beating a train on the tracks just over and malcolm mcdowell gets strained on the other side that trope where you know they just pass by the train at this point the car is on fire right because you know everything in there and so i'm not exactly sure how this happened
1: which, oh yeah how which part happened
0: yeah okay so and now i i i remember now so ed harris had a backpack with him when right. when he when he went to the thing and he i guess he left it in the car and so she grabs the backpack, she gets out of the car, she ends up running away because Malcolm McDowell's there. I thought the police, they had come because the car's on fire and everything, the car ends up exploding. And he's like, oh, my money's burning. They, I thought they were going to arrest him, but they don't.
1: Yeah, kind of weird.
0: So Vivian makes it back to her place. She goes back to the place where she lives. I mean, I know she's packing up, but that's dangerous. Right? Like, you would think Malcolm McDowell would come there. He doesn't. But she sees the the backpack, and in the backpack is all the money, because Ed Harris took all the money out of the gas tank so that it would work again. I guess it must have clogged the gas line, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, is what happened. But anyways... Well, well, yeah.
1: She goes to talk to the head mob guy.
0: That happens after she finds the money, isn't right. it? it doesn't but
1: it? I, I think, and remember, he tells her that Malcolm McDowell's character is no more. Yeah. So that's why she's not worried. He, he gives her permission to leave. and But that,
0: this all happens after she goes back to her apartment and discovers the money, right? Or does she discover the money after that? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I think maybe she discovers the money after that now that you're saying it. But yeah, she goes to... Yeah, I think you're right. I think she just immediately goes to him. She goes to him and says that I want out. Please let me leave. And he says, why would I want to let you leave? You make so much money. Mm -hmm. And he says, she says, you know, he's been, you know, he stole the the guy, the pimp stole from Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell has been stealing from you. So if you let me go, you'll actually be making money. I don't know exactly how that works. But (laughs) but she says, you know, he's been stealing a bunch of money from you. I, she doesn't give any evidence. She just says it's been happening. Right. And maybe he's knows somebody's been stealing from him. And he's like, oh, that's who it was. But he says, OK, go my child. And and he's very Italian, too. And the guy that plays her pimp is trying to be Italian.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: but Malcolm McDowell, not at all. No. So, So he says, OK, you know, she says, what about him? And he says, hey, he doesn't exist after this moment now. Because right. he's obviously going to kill him. So she doesn't have to worry about him anymore. I think that's when she finds the money, yeah. I thought originally that they said 25000 But what ha- ends up happening is she comes back. They're going to destroy these wetlands. Ed Harris makes the stupidest decision in his life <laughs> where he's chained himself to his truck. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to let you destroy these wetlands. And the police are like, hey, we like you. You're a good guy. You know, if we got to cut you out of here, we have to arrest you. It's just kind of like the law. If you leave voluntarily, you can it's okay. And he's like, then just arrest me and leave my son alone.
1: Yeah. What an idiot. So
0: they're about to cut him out. And then this guy runs up and he's like, hey, hey, you can do whatever he wants. And he shows him this paper. It's the deed to the wetlands. Someone has purchased it in his name. So he owns them now. So now they'll be protected forever. And Vivian, or I'm sorry, V pulls wow. up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> v pulls up in a brand new car saying that she bought it for him. And he's like, oh, my gosh, uh, that's so great. And she's like, yeah, and I bought the ice cream place, too. And now I'm going to be living here.
1: Right. So it's definitely more than $25,000 yeah. to buy a new automobile, five acres of wetlands, and a business.
0: Right. Yeah. So it had to be $250,000, i am guessing. But so she's going to live there and the, the implication is they're going to date and everything. I like that they don't immediately say, okay, now they're married.
1: Right. You know, they've
0: known each other for a little bit of time. There's obviously some chemistry there, but they don't immediately go, okay, now they're married. It's, they, they leave it in a very realistic, Hey, I've got my own business now. I, I'm going to be able to make my own money. Let's, let's date and see where this goes yeah. kind of thing. It, it's, like I said, it's realistic, and I think things will probably work out for them, but, you know, it, it's it's more realistic that way.
1: Yeah, healthier. Too.
0: What uh, What did you think of Milk Money?
1: I think it's super cute. Mm. I, I really, like, okay, there's a couple scenes where it's a little uncomfortable because of how young the boys are and, and how right. focused on sex they are. Right. But... I mean, overall, I think it's a super cute little love story.
0: Yeah, there's one uncomfortable scene where they're all sitting around watching what looks like a pornographic film.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I guess they did it to make it okay in, you know, theatrical sense. But it seems almost like it's like that Skin Mac scrambled stuff because, like, is that an elbow? Like, they can't even tell what they're looking at.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess it's supposed to be that, but... It didn't, it looked clearer than that. It looked clearer than the scrambled porn I've tried to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, there, there's a couple uncomfortable scenes, like you said. For the most part, it's, it's cute. It's, it's tough because I don't know who the movie's for. Yeah. That's what I think is the hardest part about it. There, there are some adult things that I think parents would not want their younger children to see. But then a lot of the movie is, geared towards a younger audience right so it's hard it's it's hard to figure out what who exactly this movie's for and i think that's the biggest problem with it
1: i agree yeah it's i mean i enjoy it for the romance aspect but Mm -hmm. yeah it is it's kind of all over the place as far as um the appropriateness level
0: yeah the tone there's some weird tonal shifts the movie has some pacing issues the middle of the movie is very slow, like and I mean I get what they're doing. Then they're they're really establishing characters and, and, and stuff like that. But um, but there's a lot of there's just a lot of dragging in the middle of the movie. Yeah, and then it picks up a lot towards the end because it, it, there are two there are two there are two storylines going on here that there are two climaxes to these storylines. So the kids want to see a girl naked. That's one idea, and that climax is pretty quick in the movie. The first, the first act climax is with them actually seeing a naked woman,
1: except for the yeah, the, Ed Harris's son, right? Which is good if she's going to be a stepmom. He mm-hmm. never saw her breasts, right?
0: And then the ending climax, the end of the film climax, is this money and the threat of Malcolm McDowell and. And what he's gonna do, so those are the two they're they're two separate it's it i mean it's sort of a the three x structure the way the movie's set up kind of, but I mean that it's not a full traditional three x structure uh as far as as far as that goes, but like I said, there's that first climax, and then there's that second climax, but there's nothing in the middle really other than getting to know you mm-hmm. and that goes on maybe a little too long right so yeah th- I mean that's you know, there there are some structural issues to the movie. There are some tonal issues to the movie. And, and like I said, that's my biggest thing is I don't know who the movie's for. It seems a little too adult for younger kids. And it seems a little too kiddy for, for adult people.
1: You know what really bugged me at the very end, though? They're what? all standing around the wetlands. You know, she's she hops in her new car. Uh-huh. And the boy yells, I got a hair. I got a hair
0: right on his chest like
1: is it supposed to imply that like it just sprung up right that moment and what the fuck you, you don't just scream that like it was just it was very bizarre
0: it is weird and yeah there, there, there's some talk of body hair in this
1: in this is, movie yeah.
0: it's i don't know there's some things about it that are really weird and i don't remember being like that when i was that age so
1: what being excited about getting body hair No, yeah, I didn't think,
0: that never really occurred to me.
1: Yeah, I was actually bummed out about it, like, I had to shave my legs, it made me sad.
0: Like, I remember kind of thinking, like, I wonder when I'll get hair in my armpits. Yeah. I remember thinking that, but that's about it, and yeah, for the most part, I don't know, it's, like I said, it's, and, oh, there's there's such a weird part in the movie, too, where, He has to do an oral presentation because he got such a bad grade on his sex thing. And (laughs) V helps him out. She says she'll help him out and everything. So she comes to school with him and she's wearing this like leotard type
1: thing. It's a bodysuit, Yeah.
0: And he's drawing on it. You know, hey, the fallopian tubes are here and the ovaries are here. This is where all the eggs are. And then it comes down to the uterus and he's diagramming the thing. But first... He got his teacher out of the classroom by saying she had a phone call. So she went out of the office to take this phone call. He locks the door and brings her in, starts doing this presentation. But what, what grade is he going to get on this? The teacher's yeah. not there to see it. And then when she comes in to see it, she acts like it's the worst thing in the world <laughs> that there's an attractive woman standing in front of the classroom, not naked in any way, uh, just being drawn on. With where all her parts are on her body, right? Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she breaks down the door eventually. And you know, she doesn't
1: break down the door. Well,
0: she unlocks the door, and V like like goes out the window. She came in the window, and then she goes out the window. So, first of all, his dad never gets called down there to say what he was doing. Good point. Second of all, he he how's he going to get a grade on it? And third of all, I don't understand why he couldn't just be like, you need me to do an oral presentation. So I'm going to bring in someone and I'm going to just tell the teacher what you're going to do. Yeah. What she was, there was nothing wrong with what she was doing, but the teacher acted like she was taking her clothes off.
1: Well, here's the thing though. And the teacher didn't even see it from the beginning. She was taking her clothes off, just not getting naked. She had on a cropped shirt and right. a pair of shorts over the bodysuit.
0: She didn't take her shirts off, though.
1: No, she she unbuttoned and unzipped them. Yeah. So first she took off her top. So now she's wearing this tight, tight, you know, thing where you can really see her breasts. Mm -hmm. And then she suggestively, I'm sorry, it was suggestive a bit because it's all, like, slow and she's just sexy, unzips her shorts. So, I mean, I can see how it's a little inappropriate.
0: I mean, I guess... But you can't see her breasts. It's not like you can see through that bodysuit. No,
1: but it's the outline of her breasts that's the problem. I guess. And he uses them as a headrest for a moment. When he said, you know, he says they serve two purposes. Right. Uh, Food. And a headrest. And he puts his head on her boob. Right. That's not appropriate.
0: No, I mean, probably not. But that's probably going to be his mom, so...
1: Which makes it even more inappropriate.
0: <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that was the movie. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I did have some issues with it.
1: Yeah. I, I give. I, I liked it. I mean, I, I liked it a lot more than I think you did.
0: I think it's one you probably can wait to come to home video.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I don't think you need to go out to the theater to see it. But speaking of home video, we will end our episode as we end every episode with our, except for the last one, with our blockbuster, (laughs) because I forgot, with our blockbuster pick of the week. Carol, this week, you've got a pick for the people.
1: The snapper.
0: All right. So it's about a turtle.
1: (laughs) No, it's about a baby. An Irish baby.
0: Oh the Irish people call their baby snappers apparently okay
1: but um it's it's i really like this you might hate it and i really want you to watch it cuz i want to see what you think of it but okay. it's it's a movie that t- this girl it takes place in Ireland everybody's got like super thick irish accents i'm okay. pretty sure this is like a foreign movie which is probably why you'd never heard of it
0: oh um, holy
1: <laughs> but it's so funny This girl gets knocked up, and she won't tell anybody who the father is. Okay. And it's like a small town in Ireland. Like, everybody knows everybody, so everybody knows her business. And Mm -hmm. the whole movie is just, like, people kind of trying to guess and, and, you know, as an audience member, trying to guess who the father is. Right. So.
0: Well, it it does. It sounds kind of interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I would definitely recommend it.
0: All right. Well, that is our show for the week. Carol, take us home.
1: Um, okay, so you know, give us the uh, money and stars mm-hmm. and subscribe and like and yeah, all that stuff.
0: Yep, do all of it and uh, late fee 1994
1: at AOL.com. Yep. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.